Hey guys, it's Laura Vandevort here, Supergirl from Smallville, Lisa from V, Mila from V Wars, Lena from Bitten, and so on. But that aside, let's talk about how awesome the Morning Geekdom is. I've been listening to it every day here while we're indoors during this isolation and these crazy times, and I've really been enjoying it. There's discussions and reviews on pop culture. Uh, the hosts are so well informed. Anthony is incredible. So if you haven't subscribed yet, you are missing out. Check out the Morning Geekdom both on Instagram and subscribe to their podcast. Hello, world, and welcome back to the Morning Geekdom Podcast. As always, I am your host, Anthony Matulin, and today I am joined by Damian, Greg, and Rob. On today's podcast, we discuss a film celebrating its 30th anniversary, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Get ready, America. Company's coming. What the heck was that? Looked like sort of a big title and a trench coat. So get out the order. Watch your manners and get ready for the great green adventure. It's kind of like moonlighting. And I thought insurance salesmen were pushy. I love being a turtle! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, rated PG. Now playing at theaters everywhere. Damien, I've asked you this question before. How important were was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to you growing up? Um, it was a huge part of my childhood, I would say. How huge? How do you quantify that? I don't. I mean, how can you quantify that? I don't know. Explain how big. Like, why was it a big deal? Uh, I mean, it was just like a regular thing that I have lots of fond sort of nostalgic memories of, uh, watching the animated show with my brothers, um, when we were kids. And then at some point a little bit later, I guess I would still call myself a kid when the movie came out. Um, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, As a child, I mean, I know now as an adult, you don't like stuff, right? You're not a, uh, you're, you're a minimalist as Mm -hmm. a kid. I mean, did you have toys? Like, were you all okay with toys? Were you always kind of a self-righteous, minimalist, judgy person? No. Uh, as a kid, it was because we didn't really have a whole lot of money, and so we couldn't oh, have a lot of stuff. Go. Now I feel like an <laughs> asshole. So I was a child minimalist, but it was it was for different reasons. <laughs> I was a thanks. child minimalist thanks for, for economic... Not by choice. <laughs> thanks for opening up a wound. <laughs> Fuck! I can do. You, can I buy you like a Ninja Turtle toy and send it to you now? No, we're we're past that now. I mean, you're doing okay. Yeah, no, I'm okay right now. I'm very okay. very grateful. Okay, Greg. Same question. How important were Ninja Turtles to you? Oh, it's huge. Like up there with like Ghostbusters and you know um, GI Joes and stuff like that. And as far as my childhood, it was all about like you were hanging out with your friends whose parents splurged and bought them the big toy. You know what I mean? Like the Ninja Turtles, you know, uh, uh, sewer, you know, hangout area. Like I had a friend that had one of those and like everyone was over there bringing their toys over because, you know. So you you weren't hanging out with Damien? (sighs) Damien would have been in the car with me heading to this other friend's house. Okay, okay. (laughs) Hey, hey Greg, do you have any traumatic childhood memories that you'd like to bring up? <laughs> like social, economic yeah. status. I mean, I yeah. didn't know. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> yeah, man. Now, see, now, that, Rob, 
Yeah, you're but, older than us. You're like five years older than all of us. Yeah, I'm, I'm the grandpa of the bunch. Go ahead. So you were like 15 when Ninja Turtles came out. Were you still into, <laughs> or 13, you still into collecting toys? Yeah, I was totally collecting. I'm collecting toys now at 42 years old. So yeah, I was totally sure. collecting toys. Sure. Most people, though, who are collectors go through, as a child, they're a collector, and then they become not self-aware, but because of peer pressure, they stop collecting, you know, yeah. maybe through high school. And then at some point, yeah. they start collecting again. Was that you or you were just like, fuck it, I'm, I'm collecting? No, I didn't really have that phase. I kind of went mm. through it pretty smoothly. So, like, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I was collecting, you know, all over the place. So, whether it be, like, at, like, the flea market or, like, Toys R Us or, like, a garage sale, I'm collecting Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff 100%. And, again, in 1990, I was 13 years old. So, it's, like, kind of cruising for chicks but also cruising for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Damien yes. that's not a thing you can't do both you can do both I am proof yeah. I mean you you might be cruising for chicks yeah. but with little to no success if you're cruising for Teenage Ninja Turtles at 13 listen my level of nerd didn't really like hit that like whole hip like nerd thing because I was way too young for that stuff so I was like I was nerdy for nerdy sake so I was watching the show and collecting the figures and playing the video game all at the same time. I had no shot. And like 15, 13, 15. Yeah, somewhere in that neck of the woods. All right. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think Ninja Turtles came out in like 88-ish, 87. So I was seven or eight when the, when the show started coming out. Uh, massive deal to me. I made my grandma videotape it like while I was at school or whatever so I could watch it on the weekends or watch it after after school. Uh, so it was a massive, massive deal. Like all the toys, I mentioned it before. Saw it in, saw them in concert, in uh, like circa ninety one. Uh, yeah, man, coming out of their shells. Terrible, terrible thing. But at that at that time, it was amazing. <laughs> I drove like a hundred miles to go see them. It was amazing. such a good soundtrack. Such a good soundtrack. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we can. I posted the video on Discord, and Damien was pretty pumped on it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. All right, so uh, Ninja Turtles came out in 1990, as, as yep. I mentioned uh, in the opening, celebrating its 30th anniversary. Synopsis? Four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles emerge from shadows to protect New York City from a gang of criminal ninjas. <laughs> I said it before, and I'll say it again. At no time ever, this is one of one. There will never be another synopsis unless they remake this movie with those words in it. Sure. <laughs> Not in New York. I mean, maybe out of Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Damien, if you know nothing about the Ninja Turtles, right? There's no that IP does not exist before this movie. You right. read that synopsis, are you going to watch it? A hundred percent. What part of it? Um, the turtle. I mean, the it, interest is, is going to be peaked initially from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's just like, and on. It's a it's a phrase that will never be uttered anywhere else. That's so that so, alone. So this synopsis did what it needs to do. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. Tell me more. You're in. Doesn't matter what city it's in. What if it's not a gang of criminal ninjas? Uh, As opposed they... to what? A gang uh, of clowns? No. What if it's just, uh, you know, a, a story about, about brothers growing up? Oh. <laughs> four, four teenage mutant ninja turtles, and it's just, you know, a story about them and their, I mean, and their, and their rat dad. You, yeah. I mean, that's the, it's the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fair enough. Oh my god. Fair enough. Okay. Uh based on Peter Laird's and Kevin Eastman comic that came out in 84, then a TV show that came out like I said around 87, I believe. Uh directed by a gentleman named Steve Barron. I mentioned it earlier. Only movie Steve Barron has directed that I have any idea of is Coneheads. Where are we at with Coneheads? Oh my god. Can I start with Coneheads? Because Coneheads is fucking amazing <laughs> from start to finish. <laughs> I feel like Coneheads is going to be on the uh, movie night, the 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 TMNG movie we, night. We need to do TMG, a two-hour, you know, burbs-level podcast on Coneheads. That's how good Coneheads is. Okay, hold on. There, you didn't just compare <laughs> the burbs to Coneheads. 100%. How do you not compare no. the two of them? Because they're not the same okay. Okay. quality-wise. Right. Damien. Right. Well, I have an important announcement, which is that Hulu subscription has Coneheads for free. <laughs> so, I mean, I have, I, have, I, yeah. have, I have Hulu. Yeah, so that's going to be a thing. That's going to be a thing. Uh, we got to do if it. You, if, yeah, if you don't have that, you can get it on YouTube, Amazon Prime, Google Play, iTunes. You got to pay for it. Basically under four bucks worth every penny. Every I mean, <laughs> the list of movies that we're doing on movie night is getting long, lengthy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But Coneheads uh, is a good movie to do this with, 100%. Yes. So everybody's in agreement. We got to throw that on there. Yeah. If for anything, for Steve Barron. Shout out to Steve Barron, <laughs> who Shout made Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Coneheads. Is he still with us? Uh, or I have no idea. Okay. I, I, I don't know. No, I, I didn't. I didn't do that. It yeah, didn't, I don't remember it up. saying that. I don't remember it saying that. So, all right, a budget of thirteen and a half million dollars, a gross of two hundred and two million. Unbelievable. Up until ninety nine, it was the highest grossing independent film because this was considered an independent film. I know that I mentioned it earlier because we talked about this. Does anybody remember what movie took over the spot of the highest grossing film in nineteen ninety nine? Highest grossing independent film. Excuse me. 99? 99. I do not remember. Greg? I don't. Blair Witch. Oh, oh fuck, fuck yeah. that's right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. God, what a great movie. Uh, Is it? I don't know, man. I, has anybody watched that since it came out? I, I mean, it, it, I watched it within the last, the last two years, and it still maintains, in my humble opinion, a good movie for what it is. Damien, you were going to say? Yeah, Sorry, I was going to say, I don't know that it, oh, it held up the last time I watched it. <laughs> As much as the first one, the first time you just, you didn't know. And they did such yeah. a great job with like the marketing and like, you didn't, I was like, is this real? Like, what is this? Uh, the, and it was so the, shitty. This was pre everybody having the internet for the most yeah. part. Right. Or internet was very, if you had it, it wasn't like where it is now. Yeah. I legit thought Blair Witch Project was real. Yeah. Like that was and the didn't rumor. They, didn't they have like a spoof documentary about yeah, on it, sci-fi they, like channel. aired on some tv channel before it came out to kind of get uh, you hooked on it yep yeah and then wasn't the poster like the girl's face and like she just got a lot of snot running yep and she just looks terrified <laughs> yeah. heather donahue yeah, I, don't, I don't know who that is heather donahue is the girl's name go ahead she ever in anything else no that was a, i mean no, she, she died was in, right she was in like first wives club i think and like that was the only thing she was in she's totally alive right now so she didn't die in the movie she, I mean, because I, I mean, at the last scene, the dude is in the corner, like all fucked up, right? And right. Uh, I mean, it fades to black, cuts to black. So I, I just I, assume she died. If I could have a local moment here, so oh, the guy fuck. who played Mike, who was like the guy who like the middle guy, 
totally went to SUNY New Paltz, my alma mater, no big deal. So, like, he's one of our famous guys. And Joshua, wait, I'm not done yet. No, 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 no. No, no, the tall, skinny guy, Joshua Leonard, no big deal. (laughs) Okay. You can't say he's one of our famous guys and none of us know who that person is. Listen, we have like three famous guys. He's one of the three. But he, is he famous? I mean, no, but he's like famous for that movie. I don't even know who you're talking about. The guy, the middle guy, the guy, like the little kind of like not the girl, but I, not the tall guy. The other guy. <laughs> Damien. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I mentioned that it, it cost it had a budget of thirteen and a half million dollars. Six million of that went to Jim Henson to create the fucking turtles Worth and it. Splinter. I'm so, yeah, I, I say that's that's the best six million dollars ever spent. Yeah. So this movie doesn't work if the turtles don't look as good as they they look. From the animatronics in the face, the yeah. puppeteers, even Splinter looks pretty damn good. So is that worth almost half of their budget? You think, Booty? I think so. I mean, clearly it worked and it still holds up today. Like you can watch it today and it looks amazing. It looks better than any of the remakes they've done. With the exception of two. Secret of the Ooze, they still look solid. They might be the same suits. I have no idea. Then three, they started looking different. Yeah. Two is not as good as one for story purposes, but like um, it's enjoyable if you you like the first one. (laughs) I mean, it's got vanilla ice in it. Rob, you're a Jim Henson guy. Are you? Is this a is this a a good like swan song for Jim Henson since he passed away? No, the bummer before is, this came out. Like, totally get it. Like, this was like a big leap as far as the Jim Henson company is concerned, as far as like what right. they were doing. But it's like if I reflect on like the last movie Jim Henson worked on, it's a bummer than it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But it's like again, I mean, it did do something. It just that's not how I want to remember him. Well, what do you want to remember him from? Just Muppets? I want to remember him from all... Muppets. The other thing I remember him from is like his last appearance was like on the Arsenio Hall show, which is like also just like a little bit too much. So it's like the whole legacy <laughs> of Jim Henson, like let Jim Henson kind of like swan song out with like a labyrinth or like Dark Crystal, like as far as something outside of the Muppets is concerned. But instead we have this and it's fine. Like it, again, they did a great job with it, but still. I have so many questions about that sentence. All right, go ahead. So you think that Labyrinth or Dark Crystal look better than this? No, but as far as like movies that Jim Henson made, those are better movies than this. (laughs) Hi, everybody. (laughs) I mean, that's a that's a that's a statement. That's a statement. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I as think it comes that, out of my I, face, it's just like it becomes this thing. Like, oh god, I'm sorry, but go ahead. I think they're all three good. <laughs> yeah, and yes. they're all three good for different reasons. I think sure. this movie doesn't get the credit that it deserves. Okay, fair. I'll buy that. I think that Labyrinth is good. Uh, I haven't watched it in a long time. I remember that some of the effects and some of the puppeteers, the the puppetry, look really good. And some yeah. of them don't. But I, I also that, remember that there is a lake that farts. Yeah, there so, is that. Again, it yeah. becomes a very different thing. Like, what are we looking at as far as quality Jim Henson movies? If we're looking at 
what can Jim Henson's company make that looks the most realistic, quote unquote, most realistic? I mean, I mean, we have this. So like they were on the road to something very kind of new and exciting. Sure. But as far as the the movie with puppeteering and kind of what the thumbprint of Jim Henson is, I would prefer it to be either either in uh, Dark Crystal okay. or in Labyrinth. Yeah, Dark Crystal is a great movie, but they don't yeah. look anything different than Muppets. No, no. it's it's very so. real versus unreal or quote unquote real versus unreal. Yeah. All right. Damien, what do you think this movie got on Rotten Tomatoes for critics? Mm. Critics critics suck. So I'm going to say this <laughs> much lower than audience. Is this movie going to be on our, was it on our IMDb top 250 films of all time? Yeah. No way. There's, I mean, it could be in the top 50. Who knows? I mean, I mean, we still have one through 49. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Critics? Uh, I'm, I don't know. Somewhere between 40 and 60%. Greg? Uh, it's got to be, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's always tough to tell like where the mindset of they, where they were at this moment. Um, Cause it's like the critics rating this so much a snapshot of, what was going on in the world, like where they burnt out of a certain type. But I would think, I don't know, they right. probably way lower than it should be. Bobby? I'm giving it high 80s. That's my number. High 80s from the critics? Ooh. High 80s from the critics on this Oof. movie. I, know. I mean, that's what you would give it. Fair enough. But <laughs> like, would, I'm just, you, I'm, a... you asked me for a number, that's the number I'm giving you. 40% critics, 80% audience. <laughs> Oh, man. So I was kind of that sounds, sounds about right. 40% that's is, ridiculous. That's is rough. That's yeah. really and this is not rough. a 40% movie. Yeah, that's fucking Ishtar. I mean, 40%, you like consider walking out of the theater in the middle right. of the movie. Or it's so bad it becomes good. Yeah. Mm. And this is neither of those. Yeah. All right, Greg, if I was to ask you, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a franchise is a very popular, I think maybe one of the most recent popular IPs there have been probably the last 30 years, right? This thing yeah. makes money still today. How many live action movies, animated movies, animated shows, TV shows, and anim or, uh, live action TV shows have there been? So how many just overall TV shows and movies do you think there have been from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? TV shows and movies. Correct. Um, so not video games, which they've had a ton of those. Not yeah. the sick-ass concert I saw in 1991. <laughs> But does the video of that concert count as one? <laughs> I mean, it's on YouTube. Because you got to tack that on there. Yeah, Guaranteed they were selling it at the like merch table. I'm certain I had the disc, or not even the disc, I don't think at that point. I think I had the cassette. <laughs> but I don't believe they had like the VHS. But we're not talking about straight to VHS. All right, Aired all on right. TV, theatrical release. And Damien, I mean, Rob, you guys think about it as well. And they've been just like kind of returning that constantly. I feel like every time I see a new promotion for Nickelodeon that they've revamped the show. <laughs> I'm gonna say like high teens. So high like teens. Seventeen. Damien? Fuck, that's really high. Seventeen's a lot. Yeah. Um I'm gonna say twelve. Twelve's a good it's a good answer. It's a good guess. Bobby? All right, here we go. So the first, like, one, two, three movies, um, four, five, <laughs> as far as, like, the modern movies. So there's five live movies already. 
the original animated series, like figure like another two like bullshit animated series and maybe like one current animated series, I'm going nine. Okay, nine. Let's go over them real quick. All right. 87, you have the original animated show, which lasted for nine years, which I don't remember it being nine years. Then you had a lot. I'm going to go shows first, then movies. Then you had the live action series that was only on for a year. I have no idea. I didn't know that existed. It's called The Next Mutation. Hmm. No idea. Second animated show, 2003 to 2009. Third animated show, uh, 2012 to 2017. Fourth animated show, 2018 to 2020. Fifth animated show currently on Nickelodeon, twenty uh, started in twenty twenty to now. So then you have this movie, nineteen ninety TMNT, Secret of the Ooze, TMNT three, TMNT the the animated, uh, which was like the digital animated that had uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar in it. So that's ten so far. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle the twenty fourteen remake, uh, the Michael Bay Ugh. ones and. The sequel of that, Out of Shadows, 2016. So 12. Holy shit, there was 12? 12. Fuck. <laughs> what do I win, gentlemen? <laughs> okay, uh, congratulations. A mustache I'll, trimmer. I'll take I don't it. remember some of these existing. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. The third one, the movie, did they not, were they samurais? The third yeah. one was they were like time travelers, right? They had like the sector right. that was like time traveling? But I think they just went back to be samurais. Yes, they they the f- definitely got into like samurai. Well, I mean they're I yeah, guess yeah. always in samurai outfits, but like they got into like no the old, traditional like yeah. samurai. Okay, and then I remember the animated in two thousand seven. I actually went to go see that, and it was it's not terrible. I think I even own that. But I can't tell you anybody besides Sarah Michelle Gellar playing April O'Neil. I don't know any of the voice actors. Hmm. I did watch the one that was on from 2018 to 2020 that had like Greg Sipes, Seth, uh, Seth Green, Jason Biggs, uh, Sean Astin. Like that wasn't bad. I enjoyed that. And for some reason, I, I don't know why they decided to reboot it because it, it did pretty well. That's a lot of fucking – this thing is just still making money. And, and there's still toys for every one of these. Like you can go to the store. You can go to Target, and there's fucking toys in the toy aisle for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Absolutely. I wonder, Greg, you're- do they just reboot it? To so that they can have a new look to the toys and like sell them out again. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the because the shows are popular based on how many years they're lasting. The movies have not been popular except for this one and Secret of the Ooze did okay. So I'm just I'm wondering like are we at the end of them rebooting the movies because the last two were not good and they didn't do well and they they didn't make a lot of money. I don't know. I mean, I I would argue that n- anything on Nickelodeon always has a lifespan that's going to be way longer than you anticipate because, like, sure. I can tell you right now, my son has an, uh, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles backpack. Nice. That's what I was going to ask you. Does he watch this? He doesn't watch it. He's he's been exposed to it enough that he's interested in it, but I don't. I haven't let him. I haven't gotten deep into watching this yet. Mostly just because I don't have Nickelodeon for him to be watching the latest stuff. Okay. All right, I have two questions for you guys before we start the pod, before we do, excuse me, before we get into the categories. So I'll start with Damien first. As a child, who's your favorite Ninja Turtle? Hmm. And I'm not talking about just this movie. It can be from the show, this movie, whatever. Um, I think it might be... It might have been Leo. Okay. 
And did that change as an adult? No. I feel like there's okay. some per- core personality things that I resonate w- well with me. <laughs> like he's an asshole? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Greg? Uh, it must have been Michelangelo. I have distinct memories of like that being my favorite toy as a kid growing up. And what about now? Um, I don't know. I guess it's probably the same. Okay. Bobby? Oh, I'm Leonardo all the way. Are you kidding? How could you not be Leonardo the whole way? Because not only do you have the only, like, <laughs> again, as far as, like, a, a not an adult, but as, like, a mature person, you're the only one calling the shots besides Donatello as far as just kind of, like, all right, well, you know, that guy clearly knows his, like, mindset and kind of what his skills are. Like, good for you. But Michelangelo and Raphael... Fuck, you have, like, a little kid here and, like, an angry, just, like, just wants to fight everybody, like, fucking guy over there. Who's the guy who's going to pull all these guys together? It's fucking Leo. The only thing that Leo didn't get is he had the one weapon that really didn't translate well as far as, like, fighting other people without, like, killing them. So, like, you can hit people (laughs) with, like, bows and, like, nunchucks and shit, but the only way you're getting rid of people with, like, katanas is, like, you're killing them. So, like, that's the only, you know, bad thing about Leo, but I'm, like, all in on Leo, 100%. I think as a kid, Leo was my favorite strictly because he he had blue. Blue was my favorite color as a kid, and the swords. I thought the swords were the coolest part. But then as an adult, you realize he's kind of a prick. Like, he's kind of annoying. Like, we're fucking 16-year-olds. Like, get fucked, bro. Just trying to reel them all um, in. Yeah, but... Yeah. Um, but I think now, as an adult, it's got to be Michelangelo. Mm-hmm. He's the best. Like, on yeah. the cartoons especially. Yeah. But there's a little bit of Raphael, too, that I'm like, I get it. I get it. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then I'm going to start with Bobby. I have a question. Very specific question. And it's really geared towards him. But Greg and Damien, if you have answers. Uh... What is more influential to modern comic book movies? 89 Batman. Oh. 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's it's it's 89 Batman because I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a direct result of 89 Batman. I think if we're looking at again, if we're looking at this as far as a feel or a look of a movie, I don't think this movie would have been made if not for the 89 Batman. 89 Batman proved that people are, A, going to movie theaters to kind of see superhero slash comic book movies. But, B, they're ready emotionally to kind of deal with a darker level of character. And I think that's exactly what we got in this movie. So, one would not be there without the other. So, 89 Batman, way more influential. So how did 89 Batman influence 90 Ninja Turtles if ideally they were making Ninja Turtles before Batman came out? It's a good question. I have no idea. Um, I don't know the timeline well enough to kind of like to really speak on it. But like certainly one came out before the other. One proved the concept in front of the other. As we said, this is like an independent movie, so maybe it got more of what it needed based on the success of Batman. I'm just guessing. Interesting. Or yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you quantify it. Obviously, they were both dark movies. Right. Uh, Batman obviously got a sequel that was just as dark, if not darker, than the first one. 
and then got course corrected because you know of issues with kids. Right. Ninja Turtles only had the one, and then instantly got course corrected, and then has never been corrected going forward. They have still taken that campy uh, feel of the of the TV show, but not the comics. Or the answer is we're both wrong, and then eighty nine Batman is the result of something else, and that something else is what kind of like brought forth these two movies. So I can't. Give yeah, you I don't an think so. That. Yeah, I don't think that there's been another I don't think prior to 89 Batman there was a dark comic book movie with the exception of it and it's it's not a comic book movie, it's a cartoon movie. Masters of the Universe tried to be dark. Yep. And it was just terrible. Sure. So, yeah, I don't I think that they're both independently important to where we are now with comic book movies, but I don't know which one is more important, but I Knee-jerk reaction, I feel like Ninja Turtles might be because Batman had two chances at it. Yep. I mean, I would argue that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is important because, I mean, it was like an it's like an acid trip of an idea in the first place. Yes, For sure. The yes, the um, you know, kids' cartoon had already been somewhat established by that point, but at the same time, like, how do you translate? these four ninja turtles and a man-sized, you know, rat and, you know, all that <laughs> stuff into something that works in, in on the big screen. And I think that's probably, you know, apparent by the fact that it was an independent movie because no one thought it would work. Oh, it hasn't worked since. True. Like none of them have worked since. And I think it's because they lost the tone of this first one. Because certainly it's not like there's not a market for it. Based on what we're seeing on TV, there is right. a market for it still. Yeah. And I would argue, like, if I feel like if you're an independent movie, the people involved have to have much more of a passion for it than a normal film because you're really, you're in an uphill battle from the beginning. And so, like, you know, maybe that's why this movie was better than the other ones was because it, you know, it had that energy behind it. Yeah. I think a direct relation on, a correlation on why this movie was successful and good is the tone. Jim Henson making, you know, his shop creating some ridiculous costumes. And then the voice actors were great in it. And then also the guys in the suits are ridiculous for what they're asked to do. You know, an 80 pound suit in most of this movie was filmed in South Carolina in the summer. So wearing that fucking rubber suit in South Carolina like give those guys every award that you can give them. That's not an Oscar because they they fucking put in work. Damien, heard... you ever put on an eighty pound rubber suit? Um, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say, Greg? I had heard that the um, the people in the suit were like the the crew that was kind of coming up in the movies with Jackie Chan at his in the beginning, and this was like the first time that anyone from Hollywood was like, we're taking those people to yeah. use them in movies here. And so that's, I think that's why these guys were so good is because, you know, this was like Jackie Chan's crew of, of dudes in these suits. Well, Eddie Reyes, the kid who's Cato in the second movie, the pizza right. delivery guy who kind of joins their group is the stunt version of Leonardo in the first movie. Mm. So he's doing the fighting. Yeah. He's not the just normal, you know, walking around when they're not fighting because there's two. The, most of the guys had two different people in the suits at different times in the movies. Mm. Uh, but he and obviously he's he's a martial artist because you see him doing all of that as himself in the second movie. 
So yeah, it could be. I don't know. I didn't look. It's hard to find a lot of information about the guys who were in the suits that were doing the martial arts. Martial arts because most of them didn't do a lot after that, or you know, it's hard to figure out who was in the suit at that exact time. So didn't yeah. Raphael do the voice and the guy in the suit plus the guy he was in the, the only. He was the only one who the guy who played Raphael is the only person that was in the suit, non-fighting, and then oh. also in the suit, or uh, also did the voice work. But he's not the guy doing the fighting. The hell's that guy's name? Josh something or other. Uh, he will be brought up in a later category. Okay, my bad. <laughs> His name is Josh Pius. Got you. Um, he also so. So doing some research on it, they all pulled the David Prowse in the Vader suit. They all got to say their own lines. Yeah. And at that point, so if you watch the original trailer, the original trailer has different voices in it because they use the voices of the people in the suits. And then once they realized like this might not work, then they got voice actors to do James the actual Jones. lines yeah. Yeah. with the exception of the guy who played Raphael. So like if you watch it specifically, there is a line I believe – the line that um, I think Michelangelo yells like, God, I love being a turtle. It's in the trailer. It is not the same person doing the doing the line. Oh, weird. And it's pretty distinct. All right. You want to get into these categories? Rob, you don't want to talk about uh, Star Wars anymore before we start? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bring it up. You brought it up. That's true. I was just waiting for you to be like, well, did you know that this person <laughs> is also in Star Wars? I there is well wait a minute. Is There's there nothing. A, <laughs> no. I can't nothing's off the top of my head as far as like correlation. But hey, just for a goof, it is April sixteenth. Well, it's fifteenth for the rest Isn't of us, it? but yeah. like sixteenth for me because it's twelve oh six. It is Brian Mears birthday. Do you know who Brian Mears is? Yes. Brian Muir is the sculptor that sculpted the Darth Vader mask no big deal so happy birthday Brian Muir that's just and I'm done with Star Wars we're good nobody gives a fuck oh that's not true that is absolutely true you fucking nerd I took him and his wife to a steakhouse I, in New Jersey. <laughs> of course you did, Rob. Of course you did. Very nice people. They were great people. But anyway, Rob, let me ask you a question before God. we get into the categories. Sure, is ahead. Brian Muir a celebrity? No. No, not at all. But to me, okay. he is because he's a Star Wars guy. Okay. But Most watchable scene. All right. Introduction to the turtles. So this is the very beginning after uh, Raphael saves April and he loses his sight. You get the introduction of the turtles. You see what the suits are going to look like. You hear the voices. You see how the faces are working. Uh, I think this is a super important scene. It's not my favorite. Very important scene to the movie because it sets the tone of how they're going to look. Uh, they look like they've lived like the, all of their outfits like their, their, their bandanas, everything looks lived in, right? It's not super clean, super uh, vibrant like the later movies will be. This one looked like they're in the sewers. It looks dimly lit. That could be because it's an independent film. They may not have had a, a ton of money, but I think it's more deliberate. Like I think they made everything look lived in. They wanted it to look grimy, and I think it works right off the bat because of that reason. And then you can really see their individual personalities in that short scene. You know, you see... 
Michelangelo trying to crack jokes, Donatello kind of backing him up, Leonardo being like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Raphael pouting because he lost his fucking sigh. So I think right off the bat, you get an idea of who each character is. Uh, next scene, Raphael versus Casey Jones. I have so many questions about this scene. So I'm going to start with the number one question that I have every time I watch this movie. We all watched this movie together on uh, one of the Sunday nights on Discord, I think two or three weeks ago. How did, And I think Damien brought this up as well. How does nobody notice a six-foot turtle running around in a fucking trench coat and an Indiana Jones hat <laughs> in Manhattan? Damien, I need an answer. I mean, I can't. I can't. It's unanswerable. <laughs> Makes no sense. I can, it, you've been to Manhattan. I have. Is it a weird-ass place like that where you can just see a big-ass turtle? I mean, it is a bit of a weird place, but I think even a six-foot turtle in a trench coat and an Indiana Jones hat would still stick out. Okay. Greg, who sticks out more? Six-foot turtle, trench coat, Indiana Jones hat, Casey Jones with a fucking Jason Voorhees mask on, which looks great. Casey Jones looks fucking amazing in this movie. Yes, yes. I would say the face mask would be ten times worse. <laughs> like, I mean, you uh, mostly because, you know, a six-foot turtle in a trench coat, he's at least trying to be low-key. I mean, if a dude shows, turns a corner <laughs> with, a, with a bright white face mask, like... That you know, he ain't hiding it, and you you go. This guy's out for this guy's out for blood. <laughs> Rob, you live in New York. You've spent time in Manhattan. Plenty I got to imagine. Sure, yeah. Have you ever seen a dude walking around a hockey mask? No, I, I and I have not seen a six foot turtle in a trench coat either. So it's that like that I know of. But I I think <laughs> the one that would stand out the most is the um, hockey mask. Because, okay. again, New York people just kind of, like, walk. And, like, they kind of, like, glancing, like, just kind of, like, all right. But, like, if you're seeing somebody <laughs> with not a hockey mask, you're just kind of walking okay. right by him. As opposed to a guy with a hockey mask. And you're like, why the fuck is that guy wearing a hockey mask? So, like, that's where hockey, I'm at. You say hockey mask weird. Hockey mask? Hockey mask. Hockey mask? It sounds like you're just saying hockey mask. Hockey mask. Hockey right. mask. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Damien, when's the last time Casey Jones took a shower? Uh, a long time ago. It's pretty infrequent. Do you, do you think he has running water where he lives? I think he does. I think it's a lifestyle choice. It's just, <laughs> do you think it helps with the fighting? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, yeah, it's like a biological warfare thing. Okay. All right, so I, I got this is the last question about this scene. In the scene... Casey Jones uses a golf club, a baseball bat, and a cricket bat. If you were to get hit across the back, specifically the back, with one of those three <laughs> tools, what would you like? Uh, Damien? Okay. Uh. Did you not hear the question? No, I, I did. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I was up first. Sorry, I didn't hear you. You're up God. first. My bad, my bad. <laughs> Um, I was thinking about it, but I, I didn't think That's you called what my I name. I thought it was a dramatic pause. No, I mean, it was, it, was, it, did, it ended up coming off that way. Uh, God, all of those are really bad. Uh, the baseball bat we know from every other movie based in New York kills people. Excuse um, me. Untouchables took place in Chicago. So like, I think that's the that's big baseball true. bat movie. Okay, and we're talking about a wooden bat, not an aluminum bat, because aluminum bat instant death. Oh yeah, yeah that's sure. that. What is that? Casino? That's totally casino. 
with the Illuminati. We don't talk about that movie right. on this podcast. My bad. My bad. My bad. It 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 it's no. Right. I can't watch people get bludgeoned to death with a baseball Sorry. bat Sorry. In, in the middle of the desert. Sorry. That was an aluminum bat. Anyway, what do you got Damien. <laughs> Sorry, Damien. Uh, no, 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 you're good. You're good. <laughs> Um. God, there, yeah. There's obviously no winning here. I'm just gonna pick one of the other three uh, and say golf club. Did you just like Rochambeau and figured out which one it was gonna I be? I knew. I know that I don't want it to be a baseball bat. So you're going golf club. There's a lot of whipping though with that. You know, there's a lot of torque. Where potentially that thing is like whipping pretty hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but like people get whipped and it sucks. Uh, but like you know, you generally live. <laughs> When you've been whipped, were you ru- wearing the rubber suit? Wow. I don't want to talk I, about it. Well, you've already drummed up a lot of trauma with me today. <laughs> I apologize. Greg, same question. Baseball bat, cricket bat, golf club. Well, I'm, I'm going to stay away from baseball bat for the same reason. It just seems like it's the uh, mobster's uh, tool of death. Um, and uh, I would, I, my logic is to go with the cricket bat just because the surface area is so great that I feel like it, the wind is going to, you know, just cutting through the air is going to slow it down. And it's going to be a little bit less brutal. But so my, a, a, my upon impact, be- upon impact, because it is so wide, is it going to disperse like the pain? Is it not going to be as painful? That'd be my hope. Yeah. <laughs> From a smaller surface that's going to be like just pinpoint that area, it's going to hurt more? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think yeah, you got a lot. Yeah, it's all in one point, especially for especially for like a golf club. All, all of, right, Bob. All of the physicists listening to this show are screaming. <laughs> <laughs> are we big in the physicists? Yeah, yeah. that's what huge. I We're super big in Belgium. Nice. That's our. That's our. I that's love our, Belgium. Our, are you kidding? Yeah, we get I more downloads Bruges. in Belgium. <laughs> Belgium is the is the number two country we get we get downloads in. Love so, it. I mean, are there a lot of you think there's a lot of like engineers and what were you saying? Well, did you say physicists, physicists. <laughs> in uh, in Belgium? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think so. Okay, shout out to Belgium, Bobby. Yeah, like in listen, the back it, on the specifically. On the, wait before we get into this. In I the like back. I get it. I'll get there. But like in the grand scheme of life, one of the favorite places that I've ever gone, and I've said this before, is Bruges. And I think Bruges gets like a bad rep because of A, the movie, and B, like a lot of tourists go there. But like Bruges is a beautiful place with a shit ton of beer. So it just, it doesn't feel like real world. So that's number one. Number Rob, two. Rob, can I say something real quick? Sure, can I say something real quick? Okay. Uh, on our podcast in San Diego Comic Con, you said that same thing. Yeah, did so I? we're good. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, <laughs> I, exact same thing. I'm gonna remember from a year ago. We're super solid. In the back, golf club, baseball bat, cricket. bat. I want to get hit with a cricket bat. Clearly, for the answer <laughs> that Greg just said, if we're looking at physics, because the cricket bat isn't cutting through the air nearly as fast as a golf club or a hockey stick, as far as like that kind of chop action goes. Hit me with a cricket bat over those two things because I feel like the like I would rather a wider dispersed impact rather than a very specific impact and a golf club shit like that's like a very specific and a wide surface area in the same spot. So hit me with cricket bat before you hit me with the other two things. In the best in the, in the most <clears throat> Rob Leonard answer ever, yeah. hockey stick was not in one of the uh, options. It wasn't. <laughs> it Didn't was we not do hockey stick. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't remember him using a hockey stick. It might now, have been hockey in the stick cartoon, because it was in the figure. The figure had a hockey stick. The cartoon, he used a hockey stick they, all the time. I do not remember him go. using a hockey stick right. in the movie, but I could be wrong. All right. But in the most Bob Leonard <laughs> response ever, option D. Yeah. <laughs> the cricket bat. Perfect. <laughs> I'm going to say cricket bat as well, just because I think the sheer size of it, you like you guys said, might not cut through air as much. High five. But don't sleep on the baseball bat. Because, I mean, if they're not swinging it well, it might not hurt that bad. Jose Canseco bat? Tell me. You didn't pay money for this. <laughs> All right. Uh, next scene. So we're only on scene three, still in the first category. Awesome. April meets Splinter and the Turtles. Splinter. Again. Sorry. That is a great scene, again, because that is the most well-lit scene, I think. And the first time you really see them in their, what do you call it? An apartment in the sewer? I don't know what you really call that. Dwelling. Damien, yeah. what do you call that? Their, yeah, dwelling, I feel like, is good. Okay. First time you see them all together, you see them interacting with, with uh, Splinter and April, so I think that's cool. Next scene, introduction to, to the Shredder. Damien brought up a point, why are we not doing uh, ceremonies like that when somebody joins the pod? <laughs> yeah. Do we have to work on that? Yeah, I feel like we probably should. It seems important enough. Because the speech is pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. Money cannot buy the honor which you have earned tonight. You make us all proud. Only effort, discipline, loyalty earn the right to wear the dragon doji. You are here because the outside world rejects you. This is your family. I am your father. I want you all to become full members of the foot. There is a new enemy. Freaks of nature who interfere with our business. You are my eyes and ears. Find them. Together we will punish these creatures. These turtles. Master. About brotherhood and everything. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Next scene. Raphael gets jumped by the Foot Clan. I love that scene for so many reasons. Number one, <clears throat> angry ninja moves on top of the building. He's just mad. It's like angry barn dancing from fucking Footloose. He's like, I'm just going to fucking do some ninja moves right now because I'm frustrated. Never, 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 never. never. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just, I was lost in the moment. Got I'm it. sure. I'm sure. <laughs> and then you have the funny, I think that probably Michelangelo's best part is when he's, uh, you know, fellow chucker and they do the, the oh, nunchuck God, it's moves. so good. Ah, fellow yeah. checker. Hey. <laughs> Doesn't he do that nah, 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 thing or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, farm training montage because everybody likes a good montage. Underrated part of that, fucking Donatello has a straw hat on. <laughs> but when they're training in the in the in the fields, montage, good music, I'm in. And then the last scene, Shredder versus the Turtles. You can take that all the way to the end when Casey Jones is. Like my man Damien said, willing to uh, catch a man manslaughter charge for his friends. Everybody <laughs> yeah. needs a friend like Casey Jones. Whoops. <laughs> so that's a lot of scenes. I can recap them real quick. Or Damien, do you have another scene you want to add? 
The only other scene that I might add is I don't. It might have been a part of one of the ones that you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's basically the Splinter backstory where he's like telling the story <laughs> about watching uh, Master Yoshi. Four baby turtles. Yeah. <laughs> that was not part. Of, I, well, that is part of the. I think that's part of the April scene. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose it feels important enough to be its own scene because that, that's basically setting up the whole like for sure um, relationship with uh, Rokusaki. Does Rokusaki, oh, do you need you. fuck? Do you need <laughs> to see when they're in the fucking uh, the the ooze? Does it need to say say like radioactive? Yeah. Like shouldn't we just know that based on the color? Like do we need the tube that says radioactive? We need it for the sequel. Yeah, <laughs> we're lining up the sequel. All right. Greg, what do you got? You got one you want to add? Uh, the one that I mean, it was part of the this the um shredder scene, but the very beginning when they you get introduced into like the arcade and the skate park and the whole gambling like area that the kids have, I just remember it as being like um you know, as a kid going like, this is the perfect place. Look at this. <laughs> You're like, I'm down for the Foot Clan. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Bobby, you got one you want to add? Oh, the one I want to add is like the the most edgy scene of the movie. So like in the opening sequence, April O'Neil goes out and like tries to get to the van and like it's clearly being robbed at the moment. And the lights go out and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles come out and they kind of like fight everybody and then they go back into the sewers. But Raphael leaves the sigh out. And as like the lights come up and the cops come out, Raphael says, damn, which is like the most controversial moment of the entire movie because a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle is saying a curse word and then about three minutes later actually says it within the opening sequence of it. So as far as my favorite moments of the movie, it's that. And then, yeah, the Casey Jones scene. Just because of the bad word. Because it's the bad word. It was the moment that we were like, oh, shit, did he just say, you know, damn? Yeah, like, that's, again, so, it's kind of. So, like, 13, 14-year-old Rob Leonard was oh, like, oh, like my, gonna... oh, my turtles gosh, don't the turtle said damn. Are you kidding? Yeah, turtles don't say damn. Okay. <laughs> my favorite scene is Raphael versus Casey Jones. I think that's still my, yeah. my favorite scene. I'm not saying that's the best scene of the movie. That's my favorite. Damien, you sticking with your, uh, with your baby turtles? Yeah. No, no, that's not my favorite scene. My favorite scene is the farmhouse scene. Mm, um, nice. Less because of the montage, but more because I feel like this. There's like a huge turning point in the movie where, where like the turtles are um, actually vulnerable at this point. And there's a whole like meta theme of loss throughout the uh, entire movie, and I yep. feel like uh, you you see a lot of that. Right? Is they're like contemplating um, losing Splinter and. Um, and you know, just being brothers and what that means, family and all that stuff. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that doesn't get enough credit in this movie is that they, they do a good job of showing each one of the turtles dealing with the potential loss of splinter in their own way and then coming back and it becoming serious. And they're, they're forming, like you said, becoming a family because of that, but they Mm -hmm. really do a good job of giving each one of them, even Donatello and Michelangelo who aren't asked to do a ton in the movie, they all deal with it in a very specific way. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, you know, a nuanced thing on the movie that doesn't get credit for what it is. What are the two names we got? We have a Roku Saki mm-hmm. and then we have who? Who's Shredder? 
Shredder is a Rokosaki. Yeah, yeah. Then who's Splinter? Or like the guy that Splinter is. Splinter like was always the rat, but you're talking about you're talking Master about the guy. Yoshi. Yeah, Master Yoshi. Master Yoshi. Yeah, that's where yeah. it is. Okay. Yeah. All right, my bad. That is also underrated asking. part of the movie when little Splinter is doing the fucking karate in the yeah. cage. <laughs> For my Master Yoshi. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Not. Not the greatest um, stop animation I've ever seen, <laughs> yeah. but still solid. Greg, what's your in favorite particular, scene? particular, intellect. Sorry. I think my favorite scene is that whole, like, getting to see the, the you know, the that whole arcade and introduction to the Foot Gang part, just because, like, I think it, it sold it the somewhat for, like, what... Uh, what, what would draw those kids into, into okay. being related with that at all. You're just down to, you know, yeah. fucking use dirty needles and smoke cigarettes. Yep. I don't know if they, were they doing needles. I mean, that was, I mean, that I got to imagine. Oh, fuck, yes. In that place? Off screen, Absolutely. Off screen, yeah. yeah, I got to yeah. imagine. If, right? if you're skateboarding in that place and like <laughs> smoking methanol, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How many vapes I mean, would you catch in that area nowadays? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> fucking littered. That whole place need to be raided. <laughs> like, I, Sam Rockwell is, is shooting black tar heroin. Hundred percent. He is much too. He is much too sweaty in that movie not to be on something. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. So and, good. And oddly, like way too old to be one of the teenagers. Yeah. Like that motherfucker's twenty five. He ain't, he ain't sixteen. Bobby, what's your favorite scene? It's the damn scene, or it's the um. Should I just oh the the whole like Raphael versus Casey Jones scene like those are my okay. two scenes. You're sticking with the cursing 100%. turtle. I'm sticking with the cursing turtles, no problem. All right, so my uh, my next my next category here is the what the fuck moment. Again, you can take this as a good moment, a bad moment, something that shocked you, something you thought was awesome. However, yep. you want to interpret it. The two I have here is the shredder beating up a chain splinter. Like it takes a real asshole to to beat up like an animal that's chained up, and I just feel like it's a lot. Because he's he's going hammer, and his whole drip, like his whole outfit, the mesh, like, <laughs> like why do you have to have the mesh on all the time? Like, does he ever oh take the cop? Does he ever take the shit off? He's never not shredder. And then, it's a real flex too to have your guy Tatsu with you, and all he does is like he has to take the fucking cape off, like your <laughs> your your shredding. I don't even know what you call it. Shoulders, like that's all he does. Go. He just walks up to him and he like takes it off, like. That's a power move. Go play. Yeah. No, he's like he's like in charge of all the fuckers at the same time. Also, second what the fuck moment is Tatsu beating up kids. Like he's oh. hundred like zero to a hundred super fast and down to murder like a teenager with a fucking chest kick. It's a lot. <laughs> Damien, you got any you got any what the fuck moments? Uh, no, I don't have anything to add. <laughs> Perfect. Greg. Uh, no, I mean, mine was the Tatsu rage beating. Um, but also, I would also say, like, I felt like the what the fuck moment in, like, a bad way was kind of like the, the end fight in the movie. I was just kind of like, oh, it's over. Like, you know. I got you. You know, like, it, it was like 30 seconds. You, they re- You know, he takes off the mask, reveals who he is, um, and then, and then he's off the building. 
Spoiler. So no one thinks that Casey Jones casually getting ready to crush the the shredder in a fucking garbage truck is a what the fuck moment. I mean, it's and it's, then it's a well placed fall straight into a garbage truck. <laughs> does he not say oops or something? Yeah, yeah. oops, yeah. manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, if you don't think Casey Jones has killed some people, yeah, I mean, he's seen some shit. It's not his first I think that's yet. why that's not. Yeah, that's not. That's why it's not a what the fuck moment for me. It's because I was just like, yeah, this dude has done some shit. <laughs> I'm like actually heroin. not surprised. Yeah. Rob, you got a what the fuck moment? Oh, fuck yes. Yeah, the 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 whole idea of the turtles having a crush on April O'Neil is like a what the fuck moment mm. all over the place. <laughs> so there's a moment that she like she's doing her news show and they're all kind of like glued to the TV and she like comes in and she's and they're like, "Hey, great job, April." And she's like, "You know, thanks, Mikey." And they're like, he called, she called me Mikey. And it's like this whole idea, like he's going to score with her. Like that's the whole weirdest part of the movie. This undertones that April O'Neil is ready to have sex with the turtles. That's the what the fuck moment. You're so full of shit. That's not full of shit. That is 100%. You watched Howard the Duck five years earlier where the duck actually fucks <laughs> Leah Thompson. <laughs> he never actually has sex with Leah he Thompson. He has a condom Fact. in his duck wallet. But he doesn't actually have sex with her. Facts. Okay. She is yeah. in the bed with her chonies. Yeah. <laughs> the idea of the idea of the turtles liking April, they're fucking supposed uh, to be teenagers. Oh yeah. yeah. Again, you're asking for a what the fuck moment. I just gave it to you. The only other what the fuck moment is like, why is Casey Jones wearing those sweatpants? Because <laughs> It's too much. Because that's all he wears. That's all he owns. He has one pair it's, of sweatpants. Again, it's too much. It's My biggest too look. Much. If we're gonna, I, I had this later, but let's just dive into the fucking sweatpants, okay? I had this in a later category. Has Not any what the has, fuck category? This feels like a what the fuck category. No man has ever looked good in gray sweatpants. <laughs> There's too much things. There's too much like. Too much stuff. Sweating. Like, it just is yes. a bad look, too dude. Much. It's too much. It's and too I'm much. fairly certain he's not, he's, he's fucking freeballing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's definitely freeballing. How else do you do that? Damien, do you have gray sweatpants? I do not. Okay. Would you, because I, I feel like you're not that, like, the life, your life choices are not that far away from becoming <laughs> Casey Jones. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we talked about this the other day. A couple of things go in a different direction That's what I'm saying. one day, and you're Casey Jones. Yeah, you're <laughs> wearing sweatpants and awkwardly hitting on fucking April O'Neil. He's yeah. also like the least 2020 character in this movie or any recent movie we've watched, right? Like, he's real close to catching, like, sexual harassment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Toots? Doesn't he call hey, it Hey, Brodzilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Brodzilla is funny. <laughs> All right, so I think my what the fuck moment, as Greg said, is Tatsu, 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 uh, rage beating kids Tetsu. while yeah. they have fucking paddings on their hands, and he just straight chest kicked, get fucked. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next uh, next category: standout performance. This is the easiest <laughs> one for me, but I ha I, I wrote down you know four just so we could have some options. But uh, so it's the actors inside the turtle suits. I don't have one specific, you know, that I'm calling out. We did talk about Josh Pius as the only person that was in the suit and did the voice, but I think all of the guys either that did the acting in the suits and did the so the the two different sets did the um, um, stunts and did the acting all kill it. Um, I think Elias Cotes as Casey Jones also really good. 
the turtles acting or the uh, voice actors, I think, are amazing also in this. And then just for uh, shits and giggles, Kevin Clash as Splinter. Because if you don't know who Kevin Clash is, that's fucking Elmo. And for him to be Elmo, and I'm not talking. I don't want to talk about his 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 legal troubles. He's maybe in, but for him to be Elmo and then to be the Splinter, or uh, excuse me, Splinter, like those are completely different voices. I don't know how he did that. So those are mine. Damien, do you want to have anybody you want to add? I don't have anything new to add. I, I completely agree with um, if if you had to pick like a a broader theme almost or multiple characters like yeah. Yeah, the guys who were, like, doing all that shit in the suits, like, bat flips and the whole, like, roof uh, freestyle anger ninja stuff. Like, dude, that anger, shit is crazy. Anger, yeah, angry ninja dancing, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Super impressive. All right. Greg, you got somebody you want to add? No. I mean, the same as you guys said. Like, I remember when we were watching it, um, all of us were basically thinking the same time when we first saw them doing the moves. It's like, holy shit, those moves are insane. And those still, like, it you know, still holds up today and it's still yeah. impressive today. Bobby. Yeah. I'm going Jay Patterson who played Charles, who was April O'Neil's boss oh. because that guy had more pressure in this movie than anybody else did. Standout performance, <laughs> standout performance, <laughs> standout performance. 100%. Not who percent, not who did the most of the least, but, but standout performance. I might have brought that up too early. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to say not just the actors that were in the suit when they're doing the, the stunts, not the actors who are in the suits when they're acting or the, the voice actors, but I'm saying everybody who brought the Ninja Turtles to life, they get my standout performance. Yeah. All right. And definitely not uh, April's boss. No. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah, all right, fair enough. Worst, worst performance. I'm going to take that one off the table. Perfect. Worst performance. It's a Ninja Turtle movie, man. I don't expect yeah. anybody to be killing it, so I got nobody for this. Anybody want to add anybody to this? Yeah. I said I said Tatsu just because I called him like Mr. Grunts the whole time because the whole movie is just like, hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Tatsu is actually played by two different people. Really? Really? The dude who does the voice is not the guy who's on screen. He couldn't even grunt, right? Oh. He's like an old white man. Mm. Well, then what? like it's even worse performance. If you can't even grunt and that's your only line, come on. IMDb, bro. That's what IMDb's <laughs> telling that's, me. That's crazy. That is insane. Damien, you got anybody you want to add? Uh, no. <laughs> Bobby? <laughs> yeah, I'm going Danny Pennington, Michael Turney, because that kid was a dick so like yeah worst performance is like that kid because but, fuck that kid but the, the Sid that, vicious shirt isn't he the point that you that don't though? like him yeah i was gonna say worst the point that you don't like him does that mean he gave yeah. a bad performance no he just gave a shit performance are you drunk <laughs> no not at all okay the way i interpret it and i think the world interprets worst performance right is someone who doesn't give a good performance that kid is so unlikable, you got to think like he did good because you yeah. fucking Maybe hate him so much. Maybe the kid's just a dick, and he just kind of comes off on the screen as being a dick. Like, he's that's a how fucking, I'm interpreting it. He's a ginger, so he's for sure a dick. <laughs> but my point... Preaching to the choir. Oh, you're a ginger, aren't you? This guy? No. Well, kind of. I mean, your beard looks red uh, as fuck. Yeah, but my hair was never, when it was there, was totally never red. Mm. 
All right, I'm taking I mean, that off the table. The door. You can't say worst performance when you said he just he seems like a dick. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> All right. Well, that's who I'm going with. You wanted my pick. That's my pick. All right. Jamie Foxx Award for overacting. So oh. I think this is the fucking easiest selection we've ever made in this show. Uh, Raymond Sierra as Chief Stearns is pretty <laughs> fucking over the top. That dude had one line, and he's like, I'm fucking Pacino in The Godfather. Watch me kill this line. By the way, I'm going to be the single most sweaty person in the hit. I'm going to be, if I had to say one person was New York, that motherfucker is the most New wow. York person I've ever seen in my whole life. What are you doing besides busting my chops, that guy? <laughs> yes, as he's profusely sweating and getting more red and looking like he has pastrami like just off fucking camera that fat fuck okay New York we're all sweating. then the only other person I have on here for the Jamie Foxx award for overacting are the two people who played Tatsu specifically the old white man why you gotta get an old white man to play an old Asian man but I think it's gotta be Raymond Sierra as Chief Stearns Mr. New York Damien you got anybody no, there's no question on whatever. It's the it's the chief. <laughs> just sweaty, right? Yeah, just just greasy. He's New York. Have you yeah. ever seen somebody who's more New York? Yeah. Oh my god. Maybe the dude from fucking NYPD Blue, Dennis. What Dennis? Uh, Dennis Franz. Yeah, he's pretty <laughs> New York too. Yeah. He's pretty New York. Yeah. Greg, <laughs> no, it's gotta be the police chief. I mean, like that guy also oh, won like the get this God. man a towel award, you know, just for too much. Dude, get him a fucking shower. Get this guy a towel <laughs> award. Can we give that one out? That should be a regular category from now on. Get this guy a towel. I don't know that there's sheer enough. Like, there's yeah. enough sweating in movies to say that. I don't know. I, I was watching Top Gun last night, and I felt like half that movie, oh, those dude. dudes were sweating the whole time. Everybody in Top Gun is fucking either baby oiled up <laughs> or fucking spritz bottle. <laughs> and why? Why are they? Why in Top Gun do they talk so close to each other? I don't know. <laughs> it's what a bit uncomfortable. <laughs> and what is the, the 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 biggest question I've ever had in any movie ever is why does Val Kilmer when he's talking? to fucking Tom Cruise and they're like trying to burn each other does he do the like the biting move like what is that he's fucking badass like what is that Ugh. they're all fucking in that movie by the way all four of the main dudes are fucking for sure okay I feel better now <sighs> Rob do you have anybody you want to add no I I have nothing to add to this conversation You're Damien you, you think Iceman and fucking Maverick are fucking in Top Gun I mean, no. Iceman and Slider are fucking in the movie. How you stink, you? Slider. <laughs> Greg, did you like Top Gun? I loved it. It was great. My man. So <laughs> good. Loved. So good. So good. Okay. Who did the most of the least? I do not have April O'Neil's boss on here. I have the actors inside the turtle costumes because we're already saying that they gave the stand-up performance. I don't know their names. I never seen their faces. But I think they did the most of the least because they're doing crazy shit and you don't even know who they are. Damien, you're making faces. Mm, yeah, I was just thinking about that. I don't like uh, my interpretation of the question is a little bit different because they're in the movie a shit ton. Yeah, Agreed. you don't know who they are, but they're they had a lot of time there. Um, they And that's how I usually view it as well. But because, for instance, the guys doing the kung fu, I have no frame of reference like how long how much they're actually on there. 
like how many how many times they're on screen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but I, like, I agree with you. That's yeah. usually how I interpret it. But for some reason, this just struck me this way. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting thought. The two people that I had written down were Danny because that he stands out. And, you know, <laughs> every time he's on screen, you're guy. like, fuck this guy. <laughs> fucking ginger. And, like, you know he doesn't listen to the Sex Pistols. Like, get the fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> How dare you wear a Sid t-shirt? Like, you know he doesn't. No, definitely not. Bitch ass. Go ahead. Uh, Danny and then Shredder, because he's actually not in the movie very much. Like, he has, I feel like just, it feels like just a few minutes that he's in the movie. He's got drip, dude. Like, he's yeah. saucy. Yeah. <laughs> and you look at him the first time, you know, in, like, 1990s, you're, like, a young child in this, watching this movie, and you see the, like, the first time you show him in the, like, warehouse, whatever, he's got the crazy shoulder, like, spalder things in his helmet, yeah. and you're just yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, and, and they call him The Shredder. Yeah. Like, not Shredder, <laughs> The Shredder. Yeah. And he's got a dude fucking taking his cape off. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Dude. It's a real power move. It's a, po- it's a flex for yeah. sure. He and Tetsu have a very clear like BDSM relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's doing whatever the Shredder wants him to do. And he has to call him the Shredder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Master Shredder. That sums it up right there. Right. Is that weird? It might be weird. Greg, you got somebody you want to add? Uh, I thought Casey Jones' mask was one of the things okay. that's the most with the least because it's like it's such a simple ad, but it completely changes his whole character and like kind of stands on its own for just being a simple hockey mask. And wears it just once, right? Yeah, I think just at the yeah. scene at Central Park, right? Just the yeah, just the introduction yep. to him. Yeah, when they're in the uh, when they're fighting the Foot Clan in like the um, oh the thrift shop, store, he also yeah, yeah. has it on. Oh, yeah. Okay. When he walks in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nope. After he's fucking peeping on who knows who with binoculars on a <laughs> yeah. fucking high rise. Like, why is that? Is who's that, that guy That's looking at? That's what we do in New York. That's who's he weird. looking at? Who's he yeah. looking at? Nobody knows. He's a fucking creep. Guaranteed. <laughs> Bobby, who do you got? I think I already know. Corey Feldman. Oh, Motherfucker, no. Motherfucker, you just said... <laughs> Again, I you yeah, said the, April's the, the boss. Because you're asking me like, hey, what what do you like I'm changing names around. So it's like, sure, we'll go with Charles as far as the one who does the most with the least, but like the next the next most with the least is Corey Feldman. Because at the what end is, of the day, who do I remember being in this movie? It's Corey Feldman. But but what does Corey <laughs> Feldman do that's so much different? What does he do that's so much more different than all the rest of the turtles? Nothing. But that's the name that I remember. So there you go. Damien, he's drunk. He's drunk. What are you, what are you thinking? <laughs> he's yeah. not drunk. I wish I was drunk. I wish I had a better excuse than that, but that's kind of where it is. And shocker, doing research for this, all of the people who were the voice actors couldn't stand Corey Feldman because he was late and a pain in the ass. Seems to be a theme. Everything he's ever done. <laughs> fucking Fair pain enough. in the ass. Fucking the burbs. It's all started in the burbs. Dude, fucking bubbles taking shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So the uh, next question, next category, excuse me. Does this still hold up? I have two things. Diversity. Not a whole lot of diversity in this movie. Unless you're going to talk about just the turtles being green. You're going to tell me <laughs> in the scene where everybody's in the fucking uh, warehouse, it's just got to be all white kids. You got nobody. I don't even think there's girls in that. There's no women in that either. All boys, all males. Yeah. Like, we suck, dude. White people suck. Do better. <laughs> wow. 
And the second thing, which I think is the most glaring, is the way that Casey talks to April. Yeah. Doesn't really yeah, hold no. up very well, especially for what appears to be a kid's movie and is rated PG. <laughs> Not a whole lot of respect there. Damien, you got to add some? Um, no. The The most glaring <laughs> thing is the, is the diversity card, I think, for me. Okay. Yeah. Like, like no, they can't, they don't accept, like, women into the Foot Clan? <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah, I don't know. I got nothing for you. I mean, in the later <laughs> cartoons, Shredder's daughter runs the Foot Clan. Yeah, so does she? Much more it's, woke. Yeah. It's a little progressive. <laughs> Greg, what do you got? Uh, the, I don't know why this was always in my head during the whole movie. It's just like, man, this news anchor is super committed to this story, and I just don't feel like that happens anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what a great answer. What a great answer. Dude, such a great answer. Uh, okay, that's a great answer. Rob? Yeah, like, I, as you said it, I'm, like, reflecting on it, and it's like, April O'Neil is the only woman in this movie. Like, again, across the entire Foot Clan, you do not see, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Yeah, besides, like, the commentary person, there is no other woman in this movie. So, yeah. All right. I'm going with, uh, for me, like I said, it's the way that Casey talks to April. Yeah. But diversity is right there. But Greg's answer is amazing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Next next category, this does still hold up. So we talked about the turtle suits, right? I don't, again, I don't know how you don't watch this movie and think that they still look amazing. The dark feel of the movie, I think, still works. Maybe works better now than it did then because we're all older, so we all kind of know what to expect and we're all more okay with it. Voiceover, uh, the voice actor's performance, still great. Casey Jones oddly looks like a 2020 hipster. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure I've seen that dude on Instagram trying to fucking be like a like an influencer. No, um, that guy is driving around in a VW bus for sure. Yeah, living, like, living van life. Yeah, van life. But he's also trying to be like an influencer. No, that's what I mean. He's like he's a van life YouTuber. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. And is in the same outfit. Yes. Grace like West. that dude is two steps away from being Justin Bieber. <laughs> that that's the line too far. Okay, and then the last is April O'Neil being a strong female character because I don't think you got that a lot in 1990. No. And you watch it now, and she's a pretty strong character. Yeah, yeah, uh, and pretty well written. I mean, obviously she could do more, but I think that they did a good job with not focusing so much on her and focusing on the turtles, and that's kind of the mistake they made in like the. Transformers movies, right? As they focus too much on the humans and not the Transformers enough. Where this, they gave her just enough to be a strong character, but didn't take away from the turtles. I think that was a good decision. Yeah. Damien, you got anything you want to add? Um, that does still hold up. Yeah. I think for me, the reason why this movie feels so impactful is it goes back to the stuff that I mentioned at the very start of like the underlying theme of the movie of like uh this theme of loss that that comes up several times. It comes up at the very start. Is there like sitting in the alley waiting for the pizza to come get delivered? And I forget which two turtles are down there. Um, but one of them asked the other ones, like, like, have you ever thought about like if Splinter wasn't actually around and there's the whole farm scene. Yeah. Um, and then there's like uh shredder. Uh, so anyways, just yeah. this theme of loss is like, a, uh, runs the entire movie, which I feel like totally holds up, holds up of, of just like something to think about. And sure. then relating to that is the whole like 
uh, brotherhood thing and just like this uh, becoming an adult, uh, you know, being a teenager and growing up and going through like sort of life experiences to, to grow. Yeah, that's it's interesting that you you said the opening scene where they're waiting for the the pizza guy. That's Donatello and Michelangelo. And when they're having that conversation, that's kind of what I was referring to at the beginning as well. Is it's poignant. You can see so I believe Michelangelo asks that question because Splinter brings it up in a in the conversation mm-hmm. right before. And you can see Michelangelo has never really thought about it. At least this is how I interpret it. Almost like the more immature person would do. And then Donatello appears to have really thought about it because he's supposed to be the most intelligent of the group. And he has, from the facial expressions, and maybe I'm just reading into it too much, he seems to have actually thought about that and what they would do and maybe even has a plan. So I think, again, their character development seems spot on from what you expect from the from the cartoon. Yeah, totally agree. Greg? I mean, I think the thing that still holds up is just the whole IP, like we were talking about before, the fact that it's still so ingrained now is something yeah. that it, you know continues from this movie forward all right bobby i'm sure you have a couple couple uh two three four maybe five i don't know <laughs> no no, no. I, I i i i agree that this thing holds up completely i think where damien was going which is a great kind of moment was like in a teenage kind of world you have the guy that's slightly more mature than the next guy and yeah. that whole conversation of just like hey, this guy really kind of said something deep and we should be thinking about it and whatever. And then the other guy is just like, well, I'm, you know, the guy's three seconds late, so it's like $10 off or whatever it is. I mean, <laughs> all of that still kind of holds up. So it's, you know, I'm, I watched that movie and I've seen it obviously recently. Um, it's still a fun movie, but it's funny. Like certain movies, and I think we all kind of have to accept this, is as a friend told me, it's not so much the quality of the movie as much as the affection for the movie that we have. So we let a lot of shit go. So in this movie, I think it's very much like there's a level of affection we have for this movie that's like we let a lot of that shit go. So would it hold up to a modern audience? No. Because I think as much as successful as the cartoon series has been... I don't know if they had the connection as much as we did while that was all kind of coming through. So at the end of the day, does it hold up? Maybe not so much. I wish it would, but I don't think it does. Yeah, so I disagree. If you're talking about the whole movie, for me, the movie has become better as I've gotten older. Cool. I remember as a child because it wasn't the cartoon. It wasn't as... Uh, lighthearted and colorful and everything as the cartoon. I remember thinking like, wow, this isn't really the Turtles movie I was expecting. The sequel I liked more. As I've gotten older, I appreciate this movie more. Do you know, at one point we were talking about, I think this is a good spot to bring it up, the video games. So if we compare the cartoon series, which again, this movie came out in the height of the cartoon series and was very different not very different, but like different enough from the cartoon series that it is very kind of like black and white. But I think the video games, especially the arcade games were very similar to what was going on in the animated series. Right. Yeah. Everything, so like when everything... I reflect on it, like as far as my interaction with it, you know, I, again, this movie is like a big place in my heart for the, the, um, for for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but at the end of the day, when I kind of like relate to it more, is I'm playing the video game in the arcade. 
everything that came out during the height of the cartoon was cartoon based except for this. Yeah. Video games, comics, the comics that were coming out during this time were not the comics that were coming out before where it was violent. They were all wearing red. Like those were dark, dark comics. The cartoon was really just to sell toys that then became the phenomenon. Like the, right. the comics weren't this massive deal that the, that the, that the cartoon was. The cartoon is what started everything. Right. Yeah. But when you reflect upon it, when any of us reflect upon it, so like I reflect upon it on the cartoon the most, the toys, the video games, the movies, where are you guys kind of falling in that category? Meaning what? Meaning like if you reflect on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like what's the first thing that comes to your brain as far as like your kind of appreciation for it? For me specifically, it was what comes to my mind is just the craze. It was the the toys specifically. I remember not being able to find the April action figure and my grandma found it for me and it was a big deal. <laughs> so little things like that. If I'm talking about the actual pro, uh, the IP itself, like the 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 movies, the show, as a child, it would be the show. Now as an adult, it's 100% the movie. Oh. The, the look of the turtles... Like when I see the guys who cosplay as the turtles at like WonderCon, Comic Con, or whatever, I don't ever get pictures with cosplayers. I always get a picture with them because that it that's what Ninja Turtles is to me now. I haven't wanted to buy a toy for the longest time. Like I don't collect that anymore. When NECA came out with the with the ninety Ninja Turtles figures like two years ago, like I wanted them. I sent them to Damien because they look so crazy. So for me, it's the movie. At one point, it was the show. I have the show on DVD. The show does not hold up. There are so many issues with the show with wrong voices. The same, the, they'll show like a different turtle, but it'll be the same voice as one of the other turtles. The, the, the bandana will be the wrong color for someone who has like Leonardo's bandana will all of a sudden be purple on accident. Like the show has a lot of issues. The movie, I think, is getting better as I get older. But that's just me. Greg, what do you think? Um, growing up, I mean, the, the thing that I think back on is, you know, the, the whole, the whole experience of it when I was a kid with the show, which was much more focused on the show and the toys and that kind of stuff. And then as I got a little bit older, um, probably some of the, the video games, um, but yeah, it's when I look back at it and I think about it, I always think about the cartoon. That makes sense. Damien. Um, I think, I think my answer is very similar to yours, Anthony, which is that as a kid, I was, you know, enamored by the sort of uniqueness of the concept of the show and then the show itself, uh, and like toys and stuff like that. Um, but as an adult, I feel like the movie of the 1990 movie specifically has just been more important, um, because of my appreciation and like acknowledgement of some of these deeper level like life concepts that we've been talking about and then artistically like the appreciation for just how like gritty they made it uh on like yeah. a relatively small budget and it feels so like it feels it feels so uh real um because of like you were talking about the the masks look like sweaty and kind of like dirty that like april's apartment when they're going through and seeing it there's like stuff everywhere it just feels yeah. like there's this amazing mm -hmm. texture to it 
uh, and and then the lighting, like they did so much with the lighting um, to really like separate characters within scenes and and to make things a bit more dramatic in the sewers and stuff like that. And so uh, I have a you know huge appreciation appreciation for that stuff. Yeah, that's that's I think that's exactly how I feel about it as well. All right, next category. Would this would this movie be better if Gary Oldman was in it? And if so, who would he play? Uh, absolutely. It would be better if he's in it because it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. And I can see him playing the, the young thug, the head thug, who Sam Rockwell played. I can just see, you know, fucking Gary Oldman asking people if they want menthol or fucking what, what kind of cigarettes you want, selling heroin, like whatever. The gold chain, the mesh shirt. I can see it. I'm in. Damien? Uh, I think the thing that I wrote down that I think he'd be perfect for is Splinter. <laughs> like the voice? Uh, yeah, I mean, sure. Like he could be the guy in the costume as well. I don't know if there was a guy in the Splinter costume. Or uh, if it's pretty animatronic, then sure. Yeah, I think that was all puppet, I think, because it's pretty weird shaped. It, I don't it know. is. I wasn't sure. Yeah. But I think he could do it. Yeah. What about, could he be uh, Tatsu? I don't know if he could pull off Tatsu. Um, could he be the voice of Tatsu? Definitely. <laughs> could he be the Shredder? Um, or Casey Jones? That, I don't think he could do Casey Jones. Elias Kota is, is amazing as, yeah. as Casey Jones. Yeah. He's not yeah. greasy enough to be Casey Jones. <laughs> I mean, have you seen He True doesn't Romance? have those He's sweatpants. <laughs> he definitely doesn't have the sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Greg. I also saw, thought Tatsu for a hot second, but I was just like, "Oh no, there's too much whitewashing <laughs> in Hollywood already. Like we can't, we can't bring, we can't uh, add." To I that. mean, in nine in ninety, they weren't worried about oh, that. No. And fucking Tatsu is voiced by a, a white man. I, now I know yeah. that, but at the time, <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> at the time, you didn't know. Um, but I was also wondering, like, he could he could have played April's boss or the police chief and done a much better job. Could he have played April? <laughs> does he have that range maybe i mean i don't know he played a midget he played a small person apparently i haven't seen the movie uh, bobby it's charles it's got to be charles if we're gonna do gary oldman in anything it's charles because like what else do you do him without whitewashing the movie so i mean I'm he could have been charles. the police police chief no could have been a precursor besides sweaty guy could be the police chief <laughs> that's true charles it could have been a precursor least- yeah, to, no, to he, Commissioner Gordon. Charles needs a little bit of range. Gary Oldman has that range, so I'm like, I'm going. I'm Why going are Charles. you so enamored with the dude who plays Charles? <laughs> I don't what know. Range? It might be my current occupation. I don't know. I like, I like middle management, <laughs> so like, I'm all in on Charles. <laughs> There's no range. He fires her via fucking voicemail. No, like, no, he is Danny's father, who was like trying to figure shit out. And he doesn't want to be called Danny. He wants to be called Dan. Like, Did you go Dan. to high school with him or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, okay. What's the guy's Side- name? Jay Patterson. God bless I don't know. I, didn't, I don't have him in any categories. I'm Side totally note, looking at him right now. You are fucking lamenting for the rando guy who plays <laughs> fucking Charles. He's but Welsh. you don't like oh, Leonardo shit, DiCaprio. Too. Oh, fuck that guy. Yeah, I'm not getting into this right now. How dare you? <laughs> Damien, remember on the pod... How are we talking the... about Leonardo DiCaprio in a middle <laughs> Damien, of a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Remember podcast. the Discord app yesterday when I asked whose opinion you value the most? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And whose yeah. who's opinion you value the <laughs> least? Ahead. And I said, Rob, for least? It's yep. because of this. Oh. This whole conversation. <laughs> I like Charles. 
He has range. That that DiCaprio kid? Nah, get fucked. <laughs> I mean, all you. that's true. Fuck you. Everything you said is true. <laughs> all right, most memorable uh, line. It has a lot. Yeah. There's the uh, whole the whole splinter. Um, splinter. He has a couple different. He has a couple different. You know, monologue speeches that are pretty pretty phenomenal. The Shredder speech is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. But I narrowed it down to four things, and they're all for Michelangelo or Donatello. Pizza Dude's got 30 seconds. As a child, that always made me laugh. The thing that still makes me laugh every time I watch this movie is Ninja Kick the Damn Rabbit. When he's watching the fucking Turtle and the Hare cartoon, and he gives a whole thing, and at the end he's like, just Ninja Kick the Damn Rabbit. Uh, do you like penicillin on your pizza? As a child, I didn't understand what that meant. Yeah. As an adult, I yeah. do. And that was funny. And then wise men say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. <laughs> Those are all my favorites. For me, Ninja Kick the Damn Rabbit is always going to be my favorite line in that movie because it still makes me laugh. Damien? Um, if you if you had to give like a super cliche answer, you'd have to include God, I love being a turtle because it like sure. sums up sure. the whole movie. Uh, and it's obviously very memorable. Yeah, all or the other Kalabanga. ones. Yep, yeah. All the other ones I wrote down are very um splinter heavy just just because I yep. like the character. Uh so like the the shredder thing at the end where he's like death comes for all of us as uh, he's talking to uh talking to shredder and then um there's a there's a cool line that he has uh where he says all fathers care for their sons. Um and then let's see. I had another one written down. Damien's deep into this Ninja Turtle movie. Yeah, that's. A, I mean, like he's got deep, great answers right now. Deep man, you're the. You might catch a quote. This you might catch <laughs> no, a no, social media do quote. Don't do that. I don't need that. <laughs> I don't um, need that. I don't need that. That in my life. Yeah, and then the other one that he had that I really liked is uh, also talking about uh, his backstory. He says, "My master Yoshi's first rule was possess the right thinking. Uh, only then can one receive receive the gifts of strength, knowledge, and peace." Which is just like yeah. Splinter awesome is spitting. Yeah, man. That's what I got. Greg. Um, I mean, first and <laughs> foremost, you got to love all the 90s slang in the movie, like as individual yeah. lines, like, you know, the radical, Calbunga, far out, all that stuff. Um, like Damien said, you know, as a kid, the line that probably I loved the most was, you know, when Michelangelo sticks his head out after, like, avoiding the attack and just says, God, I love being a turtle. Um, yep. The I love the whole like when I was watching this most recent time, watch the whole thing between Casey and Donatello when they're at the farm and they're like, you know, saying giving them, you know, giving burns each time with a different letter of the alphabet in order. Yep. I mean, I, I don't. So good. Yeah, it was pretty good. Fun goid. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I give the most memorable line as being the worst line in the movie? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> however, you want to interpret most memorable could be good, could be bad. It was the whole thing that that Rob was getting on a little bit at the last one, which was between Danny and his dad. When Danny's dad comes back, uh, goes, Danny, Danny, God, where you been? I've been looking over the whole city looking for you. You're right. You're right. And goes, I'm okay, Dad. I'm okay, really. I'm just Dan now. And then the guy comes, Dan? <laughs> like, it was like this weird like excitement and question in his voice. And I was just like, what the fuck is this doing in this movie? <laughs> Greg, it's called Range. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get it now. I get it now. 
<laughs> yeah, it's range, buddy. <laughs> Bobby. I love every answer that was given so far. And I'm at 100% behind everything, including that last one was like Dan, because I had that same conversation with my dad when I was just like Rob. And he's just like, Bobby, wait, Rob? Okay, Rob. So like, but my particular line is, hey, Broadzilla, you wouldn't be here if it weren't for me, okay? So Broadzilla becomes like a whole different like realm as far as this movie is concerned. So if I'm going anything, it's going Broadzilla. If I had to give you a part two, it's when he's screaming, not screaming, saying damn when he left his sigh after he just kind of like jumped the thugs before they like butts in on April. No big deal. Can you do me a favor and talk sure. into the microphone instead of talking down at whatever you're looking at? <laughs> oh, sorry. My bad. Fuck. I was like in the middle of many different things there. So I just figured out why your favorite character is Charles, because it reminds you of a conversation you had with your father. It has nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> Let's psychoanalyze this. Ready, go. I just did. Oh, okay, there it is. So, yeah. So, again, I'm on Broadzilla. Okay, perfect. The Samwise Gamgee Award for Biggest Wet Blanket. It is only Danny, Michael Turney. I might rename this category Danny because he's the worst sack of shit and everything's a fucking downer to the point where like April draws these nice photos and he's like, yeah, let me get one of those. Like get fucked kid. What are you talking about? Like you're a piece of shit. You stole $20. You got splinter stole. Like get the fuck. And you're a ginger. Get fucked. <laughs> Damien. No, I got nothing else. Like the only thing I remember from our, our, uh, last group, uh, social distance moving watching of this together uh, is like as soon as he comes on screen it's just a flood in the chat of everybody <laughs> saying like get fucked who is this kid like get out of here it was a mixture of danny's the worst get fucked and beth being like he looks like neville longbottom yes. right right oh which is all true he created the most visceral reaction in this whole movie <laughs> yes the one know. true villain danny <laughs> greg I got nothing more to add. No, <laughs> it's Danny. Bobby. The only thing I have to add is like Danny with the bandana. I think Danny with the bandana is worse than Danny without the bandana. That that's true. But to his, to come to his defense, he's trying to cover up the ginger hair. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he is ginger. And so, which by uh, default means he's soulless. So is it really his fault wow. that he's a sack of shit? Jesus. I'm just saying. There's, I feel there's... like you are like just kind of like discriminating against an entire group of people. Damien. The one star reviews are coming. You're either a ginger. Like I feel like you need to realize that that is unbelievably biased. You you either are a soulless monster or you're oh. Jessica Chastain. There's oh. no in between. Wow. <laughs> Shit, I just watched the uh, X-Men movie. Yeah, I'm which, sorry. Yeah, that's like, that's terrible. terrible yeah, I know. Book. What is it? A, it's a B though, right? <laughs> B minus. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> movie real estate. Movie real estate, best place to live. There's a couple of places I wouldn't mind being at oh, in this nice movie. Place. When she first gets abducted, that whole entire like house <laughs> slash land is really nice. But like, yeah. Can can I give my can I give my cat can I give my uh, my Go answers? Ahead. If Go it ahead. doesn't have anything to do with Charles, I don't want to hear it. Right. 
<laughs> the Turtles Hideout. The Turtles uh, Hideout is pretty solid. And to Dam- I think Damien or Greg asked this when we watched it, how they got power. Where's the power coming from? Okay. The Foot Clan Training Facility. We've gone over this many times in this pod. Pretty solid as a kid. Yeah. yeah. It's got a fucking half pipe. <laughs> and then the farmhouse. I could uh, see Damien living in the farmhouse. Vintage car, room for activities, isolation. Is you. Yeah. Those are my three. For me, I would just give you my answer now. It's the turtle's hideout, because why would it not be the turtle's hideout? Damien, what do you got? As a child, it was definitely the turtle's hideout, because while the warehouse, uh, the like training area and everything was, was cool, it was like also, you know, dark side type stuff, uh, which I was not about. But as an adult, it's absolutely the farmhouse. I get that, especially now. Like yeah. that, you could do a whole lot of of uh, isolation, social distancing right now there. Oh yeah, and there's plenty of like stuff to do. You could like grow your own food and no Wi-Fi. Uh, I feel like that's okay if I have the farmhouse. It's good to have land. <laughs> you don't need Wi-Fi. Yeah. All right. Okay. Fair enough, Greg. I mean, obviously, yeah. The 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 kind of crime hangout of the video games and kind of no Fs going on there, <laughs> but like not committing completely to being in the group, like staying at that upper level, like not going down where Tatsu beats the shit out of you for no good reason, but like staying in the upper level where you're like <laughs> maybe going to get initiated, but you're not quite committed enough. Um, so you want to be Danny, <laughs> you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> did he just, Damien, did Greg just say he wants to be Danny? No, I wasn't. I just, I can't hear it. <laughs> I don't, he said he doesn't want to be lower management. He doesn't want to be upper management. Right. He just wants to be right there in the middle. And yeah. that's fucking Danny. Yeah. Maybe he was smarter than this I thought guy. he was. <laughs> Bobby. I mean, the antique shop seems to be the place to live because that what? has the most cool stuff. <laughs> said no one ever. So it I don't want to live fire. above the antique shop. I want to live in the antique shop. What happens if it t- something tips over? It's fine. Don't worry about it. What if you're allergic to dust? Then clearly you're gonna die. But like at the end of the day, like the most amount of like cool stuff besides living in the warehouse on the other side of the river is gonna be in the uh, the antique shop. So I'm living in the antique shop. That I think is the prime real estate in this movie. Damien, do you think Rob intentionally zigs when I zag, or zags when I zig? <laughs> no, I think that it's all genuine, and there's just I, I, unpredictable. I mean... All right, just curious. <laughs> Next category, what do you wish there was more of? I only have one, and it's Casey Jones. I need more Casey Jones as Casey Jones with the mask in this movie. Not a lot more, just some. A little bit. Damien? Uh, My answer is not going to be surprising. I wish there was more of Splinter's backstory. I want to see him, like, hanging out with Yoshi and, like, the training and, like, just what daily life was like. So he's he's self-aware. Is he watching Yoshi and Yoshi's chick fuck? Jesus. Uh, I, I, you know what? I never thought of I can honestly tell you I never thought about that. I mean, that's what we're trying to do, man. We're trying to have discussions with maybe things that people have never thought about. Okay. Yes, Jesus. I'm just He's watching him train. He's, he's asking the, the questions movements. everybody's thinking. Is he, trying, is he trying to fuck? That's all I'm asking. I'm going to say so, no. He has okay. attained enlightenment. So he's like, he's he's... What's he doing then? Like, I mean, he's when that's going down. Is he meditating? Yeah. Okay. He's above fucking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greg. 
Um, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I think it's something I wish there's more of us, more of Shredder in that last fight scene with Splinter, because I think like that ended quite shortly, and maybe it was had to do with maybe limitations of the animatronics of Splinter at the time. Um, and also, like, I mean, I understand the dramatic effect of using it once at the very end, but like the lack of Cowabunga in this movie. <laughs> you need more Cowabunga. Yeah, for, for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, you need more Cowabunga. All right. Bobby? I need at least a little bit of Rocksteady and Bebop, if not Baxter Stockman. <laughs> So, like, the thing that I need more in this movie is, like, a throwback to the actual cartoon or the video game. So, like, the things that I wanted to see, unfortunately, showed up in the Michael Bay versions of this. But, again, if you're asking me what I need more of, that's what I need more of. I need more bad guys between Shredder and Tetsuo or whatever the heck his name is. Like, I need Rocksteady, Bebop, or Baxter Stockman. You get a Rocksteady and Bebop type in Secret of Those. I I mean vaguely, but they're not. It's a wolf and a turtle. Whereas Rocksteady and Opposed Bebop to... are a warthog and a rhino. That makes all the difference. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day. That's I mean, it was I a snapping of. turtle, not just a turtle, but that's <laughs> Fair fine. Enough. Fair enough. My bad. All right. So the best. That's the question. Is this the best this has ever been? Is this the best the Teenage Mutant Industrial franchise has ever been as a whole? That's one. Is this the best for Corey Feldman? And is this the best for Sam Rockwell? <laughs> Damien? Um, let's see. For Sam Rockwell, I'm going to say definitely not. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch he of... He is head thug. Yeah, it's true. There's a bunch of stuff <laughs> that I like him in, so I, I don't know that I could pick one off the Sure, off but the something's better than this. Definitely. <laughs> maybe when he won like one of his Academy Awards. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Um, let's see. And then, sorry, what were the the first two? The best? Corey Feldman. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely not. Uh, and then the Ninja Turtles franchise is this the best entry into the franchise? For me, for the reasons that I mentioned earlier of how I think about this movie as an adult, I would say yes. Okay. Yeah. Greg. Um. I'm forget. I'm blanking right now on all of them. I remember Corey Feldman. Um, uh, definitely not. The fr- so the okay. So it's Corey Feldman. It's the franchise. Is this the best entry of the Ninja Turtle franchise? And then Sam Rockwell. I mean, for for the entry uh, for the franchise, uh, definitely yes. Like, because I think the other movies that followed this never got back to this level again. Um, okay. For Corey Feldman. Definitely not. For Sam Rockwell, I mean, the guy has a rather stellar career now. It's hard to say that this would be his <laughs> best <laughs> That's <thing>. amazing. <laughs> yeah. That should be the quote right there. <laughs> Bobby? I'm going Elias Coteus as far as his best performance. It is the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie I think that exists. But as I'm looking through the IMDb of Elias Coteus, besides the prophecy, this is the movie that I'm like pinning him to the most. He's in a movie, and the reason I didn't put him on this is because I don't know that anybody's really familiar with his his IMDb page. Um, he is in a movie. He's in a movie called uh, Let Me In. Oh, no. and it's amazing, and he is great in that movie. And now he is on a show that's been on for about five years on NBC that's incredibly popular for them. So, yeah. What's the movie? 
What's the show? The movies. Uh, it is Chicago PD. Oh. So it's one of those procedural shows. He's been, not, been on it since the beginning that's been spun off into like Chicago Lost, Chicago Fire, Chicago fucking Teachers Union, like everything you can imagine. <laughs> How dare you? Um, all right. So we're, we're, we're uh, winding down here. We have a couple more categories. Whose movie is it? I only have one person, and it's Jim Henson. For me, I identify this movie with the turtles. He created his his creature shop, created the turtles. So for me, I identify this movie specifically with him. And I think it's because you don't see the actors playing the turtles. So for me, it's Jim Henson. Damien, whose movie is this for you? That's a that's a great answer. Um, and I don't think about stuff like that. Uh, but it but like clearly, there's a huge importance there. Um, I might give another wacky answer of like not not listing like one person and having it just be more philosophical about about life and like growing up uh stuff like that that's fair i get that yeah it's however you view it right there's no wrong or right answer greg i think you know to to kind of circle back to something you mentioned earlier about april o'neill being a strong female lead without me even thinking about that when i was answering this was i i kind of look at the movie now as her being the kind of more central thing because it you know the story follows her you know she's looking into stuff happens to get into the turtles she's the one that kind of brings everyone you know together and you and i was noticing this time more than anything that it seemed to focus a lot more on her it than than others yeah and for her as well i don't i don't remember the actress's name but anytime i've seen her in anything else she's still like oh that was april o'neill yeah every time i see her in something bobby I yeah, and rarely do I agree with you 100 but i'm gonna go jim henson on this i think that was a very very good answer as far as like who I'm remembering in this movie, as far as a particular like thumbprint on it, it's Jim Henson. So, all right, there's that. So, question before we get to the the last category: Is this a one of one movie? Are we ever going to see another movie that has the four main leads that are in costume and animatronic heads that you never see their face? Yeah. A live action movie. Is this ever going to happen again? Damien, or is this like a one of one, one of a kind? I mean, we haven't, we haven't seen another one yet, right? Right. Yeah. So I can't imagine. Well, even if we see another one, another Ninja Turtle movie, I would think that that's the same, right? They're, they're, they're just, they're remaking something, but are we ever going to see something that was this successful? Yeah, that's that what has... I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't seen another one since then, uh, since yeah. this movie came out. So I don't know. It feels like if you run the timeline out long enough, like there probably will be, uh, yeah. but, but it seems unlikely also. See, I feel like, yes. So if you run the timeline out, there will eventually be something like this, but they would just CGI it. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. That, yeah. They're yeah. not going to be in full costume with C- with animatronic heads with fucking puppeteers, you know? Yeah. They would just be like, hey, we're going to make the 2014 version of Ninja Turtles. Yeah, right. no one no one spends the time to deal with that now. It's too easy to just throw a bunch of people in front of a green screen and just call it a day and then throw $50 million. Yeah, like Johnny it. Knoxville. Yeah. And get Johnny Knoxville to be fucking Leonardo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, how does that make sense? Has there, any been, is there anybody been less qualified to be Leonardo than fucking Johnny <laughs> Knoxville? <laughs> Bobby? 
yeah, we're never going to see it again. That's the, I mean, that's the truth of the matter. Because at the end of the day, if you're like trying to make any sort of movie that is resembling this, there is no way you're like, hey, let's develop a costume. Besides like, <laughs> hey, I'm opening a theme park. You're not developing a costume for anybody. It's all CG. So yeah, we'll never yeah. get this again. Plus, it's, that's a bummer, right. but we'll never get it again. I mean, in, to that to that extent, like it's a lost art. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, there's absolutely. It's just yeah. not used enough, and therefore, like, it's just kind of fallen to the wayside. It's the same. I mean, I bring it up every time we talk about special effects. It's the reason Jurassic Park still holds up so well. It's the mixture of minimal CGI and a majority puppetry yeah. and it still looks amazing and they're they've made how many Jurassic Park movies they don't go back to puppetry like thank god in the Star Wars movies they started going back to a little yeah. bit of practical effects yeah. after the debacle of the prequels to give it a more lived in look yeah, so all right all right last question it's the question we ask on every one of these to end the podcast Damien I'll ask you Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles underrated overrated properly rated <laughs> 40% critic, or excuse me, 40% critics, 80% audience. I know that doesn't weigh on your judgment, but just that gives you kind of a, a waypoint. Yeah, I think like if we look at the audience score, I feel like it's properly rated. Like 80 plus percent feels pretty good. I, I think that there are things about this movie that resonate very strongly with me, but that's like a, yeah. a personal thing. I think if you sure. if you look at the movie objectively, um, it's a very good movie. It's not, you know, it's not um, necessarily like phenomenal or didn't change the way we did do anything necessarily. Sure. But, but it's a great movie. Great answer. Greg? Sorry, I totally blanked out there. What was the question? That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, was looking, Teenage, I was doing a... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Sorry, say that. You're good. What were you looking at? I was looking up a question I was going to ask after the last question. <laughs> Perfect. A question after the last Sorry. question. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, underrated, overrated, properly rated? Uh, based on the critics, completely underrated. <laughs> um, uh, is, okay. As far as the like the audience score now, um, I think it's properly rated. Perfect. Bobby? Underrated. This is a big deal movie. This is a movie that was like... It, it, it brought... It, I, you can't say this is the movie that became like a, you know, darker version of what comic book movies could be. I mean, we're looking at 1989 Batman, but it was like a. It, it made everybody kind of feel better about it, that 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 Batman movie was not like kind of like a one and done. So this has an impact on the movie. And the other impact this movie has is that, you know, yeah, we'll by like people in costumes with like good animatronics like if you give it to us we'll accept it as long as it's kind of well done so i think 80 percent is really low for like regular people and then what did you say 40 percent for the critics 40 percent critics. i think that's super low i think i that's fair and again you hate it when i say it but i really this is a b movie <laughs> <laughs> Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think for me is is vastly underrated. For I think it's had a massive impact on comic book movies as a whole. I think it is something that has gotten better. Like I said, as I've gotten older, when you look at DC movies, Marvel movies, this movie is better 
has better character development, looks better, has a better score than a lot of those movies. But I think it's thrown away. It's disregarded. Like Jarrett, you know, we asked Jarrett when we were doing the movie night if he wanted to watch it, and he shit on it, like <laughs> joking about it. Then he's like, wait, wasn't Vanilla Ice in that movie? Yeah. So I think people forget about it because maybe at the time they didn't love it for whatever reason. Hmm. But I think now if you go back and watch it as an adult, I think it's vastly underrated. Greg, you had a question you wanted to ask. I was just looking at um, the taglines for this movie when it first came out, and I wanted to like list off some of them and see what everyone thought is the best one. I've remembered a lot. Coming out of their shell is one. No, not coming out of their shell. Something about the sewers. Or this isn't a cartoon. Yeah. I think it's one, There's right? one that says, hey, dude, this is no cartoon. There's Great. That's amazing. <laughs> There's heroes in a half shell, which makes sense. Come on, man. Turtle That's powers. There's one here that may harp to Damien's feelings about this movie, which is all fathers care for their sons. Who would put that on the poster for this movie? Um, it works. It does it. work, though. Uh, cowabunga dudes, and uh, they're mean, green, and on the screen. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's an underrated thing that I didn't I didn't mention that I love about this movie is the marketing materials. That poster of the four heads peeking out of the yeah. sewer, like looking down whatever street that's supposed to be in New York, along with, I know they don't play the theme song, right? There's no way for them to put the theme song from the cartoon in this movie, but they have the the cartoon graphic. When they show, mm -hmm. when they introduce the turtles and the graphic yeah. flies up, it's the cartoon yeah. graphic. And that's a nice homage to the cartoon. But I just remember that poster as a child being fucking jacked, and I still love it to this day. Yeah. To the point where I was trying to find it recently, an original to get framed, and it's like 200 bucks, so I'm not probably not going to do that. Um, but I love that poster. That image is amazing to me. Damien, you got anything else? Nope. You're good to go. Yeah, I'm good. This is fun. Good. Bobby, I, I shudder to ask. I mean, the only thing that I need to bring up is the oh, fact fuck. that Domino's <laughs> is like highlighted in this movie. But like at the end of the day, if you live through the movie, Pizza Hut was like the like go to pizza place for this movie. And I feel like they unjustly shit on Domino's pizza. So besides okay, that, but like, do you know, do you know why that happened? I don't know. So in the movie, they get Domino's delivered. Right. But when the VHS came out, which was like one of the biggest VHS movies of all time, Pizza Hut paid to have their commercial before the movie. Oh. So it's a Pizza Hut commercial. It's a little boy at a baseball game. If he catches the ball, they get to... Oh, it's a, I'm it was a super in popular field. I commercial. know. I know yeah. how to catch. So, I know how to throw. That's why I'm out here in left field. Oh, I totally got it. Pizza Hut fucking flexed on Domino's and was like, cool, I don't care that you're in the movie. I'm putting my fucking commercial before the movie and we're going to become, you know, synonymous with Ninja Turtles when they weren't even in the fucking movie. Love it. So that's, I love that's marketing that you right that there. Up. That makes me so happy. I haven't thought of that in years. Thank you for that. Bobby, you got anything else? No, that was it. Fuck, you just made my day at 1.30 at night. <laughs> it's all downhill from here on a fucking Thursday. All right. All right, gentlemen. In transparency, we tried to do this podcast before. It got cut off like 30, 40 minutes in. I thought it was going to be a fucking mess. Go ahead. Say it's I had fault. a ball. Go ahead. I had a great time doing it. So I hope you guys all had fun like I did. Yep. I know Damien and I, this has been circled for us to do for a long, long time. Yep. 
So I'm glad Greg and Rob could be on. I don't know. Maybe we'll do Secret of the Ooze at some point. Oh. Probably not. <laughs> Fucking David Warner from Tron. How did we not do it? I don't know, man. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Thanks for being on, and we will do it again. Bye, buddy. Bye. Bye, guys. All right, everyone. That is our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast. Thanks to Damien for being on. I know he, when he and I discussed starting a podcast, uh, this was one of the first movies we, we talked about doing. It only took us nearly two years to do, so well worth the wait. If you haven't watched this movie before, if you've never seen it, if it's been you know 30 years since you've seen it, watch it again. I'd love to hear what everyone thinks about it. Some people may still dislike it. Like I said, I think it holds up. I think it's getting better with age. Uh, thanks to Greg and Rob for being on as well. Super fun. Uh, give us a follow on Instagram at the Morning Geekdom, Facebook and Twitter at Morning Geekdom. You can always shoot us an email, morninggeekdom at gmail.com. Need those five star reviews on Apple Podcasts? That always helps the podcast grow. So if you're uh, if you're willing to do that, we would certainly appreciate it. Rate, review, subscribe on any of the platforms you're listening to us on: uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. Uh, amongst others uh, I always ask you guys uh, to, to give us a share you know tell a friend tell 100 friends that also helps us grow and uh, we'll do it again next week shout out to Gary Oldman